It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. This one is gone on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. Hey, 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Ticket text at 97136. Hey, you know what? Uh, it's really cold out. It's the way it is for Tiger Talk. And Dan, it's your last show in the studio. We'll be talking to you from Lakeland. Uh, and next I'll, I'll paint the picture for you, too, from Lakeland, just uh, in case you're wondering. Yeah. Next I, Wednesday, I'll just let you know how, you know, temperature and humidity, sometimes a little humid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it can, You know what? It's it, it, the one thing about it. it March gets a, is the perfect time to be down there. It is. And it gets a little <laughs> bit cold, you know, because the wind comes off Lake Parker there and all that. <laughs> But a little bit cold compared to what we have now is all relative. It is funny. 62, you're like, ooh, a little chilly. A little thinking, chilly, yeah, that wind picks up. Yeah. <laughs> you get spoiled real quick. Yeah, and there's a lot there. of nice days with just clear blue skies. Yep. And, you know, it's wonderful. You know, spring training baseball, you know, it, uh, it's, there's nothing quite like, you know, this time of the year. And you think about baseball in the spring. And uh, the Tigers, they did add Cameron Maben to their team. And I, I think quietly. And the Tigers, I, I will say this, you know, with Al Avila and uh, everybody with the organization, they've been pretty quiet. They understand they won 47 games last mm-hmm. year, and they're not out there thumping their chest with a bunch of BS. They know that uh, what happened last year, and uh, they're not trying to, you know, but but they also quietly, I think, improve their team. Mm-hmm. Not where they're going to be a contender. Nobody's expecting that. But where they should have a more competitive team, on the field to start the season. Yes. They do have some bona fide prospects, some of them very high end, at Toledo. And they are in a situation now where you can see a speck of light at the end of the tunnel, and it should be more interesting. And Maben had a real good year last year. Romine in the prime of his prime. Crone in the prime of his prime. Scope in the prime of their prime. These are guys that can possibly flip for prospects at some point. It made a lot of sense what they've done. I think quietly, they've done a pretty good job compared to maybe what they did before last season, which, uh, frankly, I wasn't that enamored with. And just to be competitive is not a small thing. I mean, because there were nights, there were series you would go into, and you just knew that they didn't have a chance to win the series. Right? They want they did not win a series at home after May fifth right. last year. That right. to me is just stunning. Right. You will get a pretty good feel for where this team sits. I think. Early on with all those games against Cleveland. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ten of the first 18, scheduled anyway, yeah. are against the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, if the season starts so early, there'll be some, you know, knockouts there. But uh, I, I do think you'll get a better feel. And like you said, being more competitive on a day-to-day basis. I'd love to know what fans think about adding Cameron Maben and how this lineup looks because we're certainly seeing already the thoughts about, you know, this is what your lineup might look like for your 2020 Tigers and it's interesting because a lot of people think that scope might should be maybe higher in the lineup, like in that number two spot. And I just don't think low walk guys should be in that number two spot. But it does 
bring up, how would you put together this lineup, which is not full of heavy hitters, and I do think you have to watch where you put the low-walk guys. Right. Crone's a low-walk guy. Scope's a low-walk guy. You want the guys who can draw a walk to get on base at the top, even if their batting average is on the low side. So it will be interesting to see. Mabin would certainly fit that category. I think he's not going to be a 400, 500 plate appearance guy. I think his track record is more like in that 350 to 400 range. Right. But they got other guys they that want can Reyes possibly to get pop at bats, in But there. he's a low walk guy. Right. I like Reyes. Reyes had an underrated year last year. He did well at Toledo. His OPS was over 800. Um, he did all right in the major leagues. Um, I understand what you're saying, I think. Uh, but if you look at what the numbers that he put in there, I think we're pretty good. And I, I think uh, what they're doing right now is is good because it's not like, hey, Reyes is going to be out there every day. Right. Gives you a chance for him to kind of work his way in uh, uh, yeah. and, and create. They've talked about this, and, and I don't think they did it, you know, to try to present just the storyline. I, I think they really actually feel this way. I know Mabin's a veteran player, and Reyes, ah, he's not that young, but he's younger. and But there's competition there. That's you know, you know, huge to me. You know, and there's competition for all those different spots in the outfield because they're interchangeable parts. Mabin's not a center fielder at this stage. I don't know if he ever really was, to be honest with you. But he's okay in the corners. And, uh, you know, it creates some pressure on Jacoby Jones in center field that he has to perform like he did. Uh, we had a spirited discussion about it <laughs> off the air about Jacoby Jones. And, uh, you know, basically, just to give you some background, look, Jacoby Jones, wonderful kid, all the stuff. He's got tools. I, I'm just tired of hearing about his potential all the time. You know, and it's like, well, all right, when you start to get to be where he's at, you know, there's got to be some reality with the potential. And I don't know whether he's able to sustain any measure of consistency. Well, we'll see it you know, whether he is at some point. Right. And uh, I think that all those things kind of create. Christian Stewart, I was telling you, and I've, I've talked about it, and we interviewed Chris. Christian Stewart should have hit a lot better than he did last year. I thought he would hit better because watching him in the minor leagues, he's pretty patient, and he really has a lot of – he has a live bat. Right. You know, for use of a better term, when he hits it, it goes. I've seen him one-arm balls 400 feet to right field in the minor leagues just watching on my iPad. He's got uh, power, genuine power. So I don't, it didn't really flash. He's got pretty good patience for a power hitter. You know, maybe he hits second, you know, uh, the, I at think some he could point. Be the ideal, I'm guessing, for Ron Gardenhire and his staff for the front office would be if Candelario or Stewart could right. show that they can be consistent. Major League hitters. Candelario might be your ideal number two. He thrived in the two spot in 2018. Right. Hardly saw any at-bats there in 2019 because he didn't have a good offensive season. To me, this is obviously a huge year for him, but I think he maybe benefits more than anybody else at having to fight for a job this spring. I think the talent is in there, and I think the Tigers still believe in Jamer Candelario, but it has been frustrating to see, try to get it out of him after those first two months of 2018. I don't know why he isn't better either. You know, uh, he really the tools did. are there. Well, and when he went to AAA, he raked. He yes. raked at Toledo. So, uh, you and know, looking at it, I don't know why. I, I think really he don't. would be your ideal number two. Stewart's probably going to hit for a lower average than Candelario. I'm talking about the upside. Right. If Candelario gets back to where I think he can be, which is a guy who can hit for average, draw, walk, and hit with power, that's a just about an ideal number two guy. I don't know who's your number one. Well, they I mean, don't have a draw number one. 
His walk rate's above average. There aren't many on this team who – so he'd probably be your guy. He's not going to be an everyday guy, I don't think, though. Yeah. Reyes' walk rate is tiny, so I don't picture him as a leadoff guy. He might, by default, get that spot because of his speed. Jacoby Jones bumped up his walk rate, still strikes out a lot. I don't know if you want that in a leadoff guy. That's going to be a, that's going to be a tough spot to fill. But the way I look at it, uh, you know, they don't have an ideal leadoff hitter. They don't have an ideal two hitter. Miggy's going to hit three by yep. because he's Miggy. And that would help their first and second hitters if Miggy has a bounce back year. Uh, a great deal. But, uh, you know, that's a big if, uh, if we're honest about it. Sure. Uh, depending on a number of different things. Uh, it hasn't, it's been, you know, a couple of rough years for him and he's getting older. So I, I don't know how that's all going to play out. I just, when I look at their lineup, I see some hope. And uh, when I look at their team, I see some hope. But I did want to put this out there, 24853997.97. Now, we have Rick Anderson. He's going to join us, the Tigers pitching coach. Perfect guy to have At 745. We can talk to him all about He's seen the guys. They've been down there, Mize, Manny, and all those guys. Uh, we'll discuss that, the pitching coach, uh, Rick Anderson. And uh, also, uh, we will uh, get into it. But I wanted to ask people, if you looked at Candeliero, you looked at Stewart, you looked at Reyes, you looked at Jacoby Jones, which of these guys you know, has a chance to have a breakout year the most? Uh, Dan will give you his opinion coming up next. I'll give mine coming up next. What are your thoughts on the Tigers lineup? We'll discuss that as well. Hey, you know what? It's colder than the well diggers behind out there today. And you know what? We're thinking warm thoughts. We're thinking baseball, palm trees. <laughs> Dan Dickerson, February 22nd at Marchant Stadium. Phillies. Tigers, Phillies. You know, the sound of that ball hitting the bat. is <laughs> the phone number. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Let's talk some baseball. We love baseball. It's our Valentine, in addition to our wives. A 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Ticket text is at 97136. Uh, we got open lines. We'd love to hear from you. Rick Anderson, Tigers pitching coach, uh, will join us at 715. Uh, talking about the Tigers lineup. Uh, look, the Tigers, they won 47 games last year. I saw the over and under, these Vegas dudes uh, <laughs> send me websites all the time. And I don't know, do you get them or not in your inbox, Dan? But I always check them out and see what their over and under are. And uh, it's at like 56 or 57, the ones that I've seen, which would be a 10-game improvement. But Pakoda had them at 69. Who did? Oh, 69. Pakoda. Oh, okay. But what that tells me is that would be a normal correction after a 47-win season. In other words, it's really hard to win only 47 games. It is. And you always remember 2004, after they won 43, they went they won 72. Nobody right. was predicting a 29-win increase. But really, that's not unusual. Yeah. And I would not be surprised. I'm out of the prediction business till further notice. But 70 would not be a surprise to me. Everybody's like, ooh, that's a big jump. But it really, a bad, that's still a team that's 22 games below 500. Right. So I, I really don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. No, neither do I. But here, here's the, the one thing I would look at, you know, and I'd tell people this. The final win total doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, I mean, it, it can't be 47. You know, that was ridiculous. All right. If, if anybody was upset about that, you are totally justifiable and you're being upset about it. But 
Uh, it's about where you are in terms of how you align up for the future if you're the Tigers. Now, if they're having a pretty good year, uh, and it's like, say, uh, 2018, you know, it's a pretty good year relatively. Like, they're playing well. You know, people are like, yeah, this team's not that bad. They kind of stay hang in there for a little bit. And then at the trade deadline, they flip a couple guys, you know, like they did with Fires and Leonis Martin right. and get some prospects back. You know, the one kid, Blackwood, uh, the submarining uh, right-hander, he's going to pitch in the major leagues, I'm, I'm pretty sure. He, uh, opposing hitters uh, hit 158 right-handed hitters against him uh, last year in double-A. So he was a big part of what they did in Erie. People don't talk about it. And, of course, Willie Castro's their shortstop, I feel, probably as soon as this year, with all due respect to Nico Goodrum, who's going to have the job probably to start the year. Right. So, you know, if you, you do that and you flip those guys, it hurts your team. But, it, you know, it's also for a reason. And it provides some competitive baseball. I think the town understands what the Tigers are going through. I think they understand the necessity. I think they understood why they went a little longer than they ideally would have before going into this mode. I think they are looking forward to the prospects. Like we have Casey Mize on here or Tarek Skubal on here on Tiger Talk. People were excited about it. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to Rick Anderson about it, and that'll be probably the most notable part of the show, to be honest with you, because you got the pitching coach taking a look at him. What does he right. think? So stay tuned for that at 745. So – if it's 58 wins or 63 or 69, it depends on what their track is going into 2021. You know, and, and playing some competitive base, not championship caliber baseball, that can't be expected at this point, but competitive baseball. Too much last year. And at the end of the year, it got to me. You know, when the kid from the USPBL beat him, I have to admit I came on here after the game and went basically nuts. You know, he's throwing those hanging pitches in there. Nothing against Randy Drobnik. I'm glad he made it. Good for the USPBL. When the USPBL guy beat him, it was enough. And, uh, you know, I think they've hit rock bottom and they're going to start to ascend here a little bit, you know. And I know you kept saying throughout that broadcast, he's going to start in the ALCS. And, yes, he did. And bless Randy Drobnik and bless the USPBL. He got lit up like a pinball machine by the Yankees, which was, you know, those guys were lining up to bat against you know, the Tigers, and they got to have better at-bats. they got to play smarter. You know how Gardy teaches fundamental baseball? That's a strength. They have to actually play fundamental baseball. Last year, it was too much astray of that. Too many swinging at bad pitches. Too many giving up at-bats. Those are the things, Dan, that I'm looking for. You know, and it's you know what? It starts coming up with your broadcast, February 22nd here on 97.1 The Ticket. You know, against the Phillies, you know, are they going to be doing those little things better? And you know what will be beautiful in spring training? When they roll Mize out there, when they roll Manning out there, yeah. when they roll Skubik out there, when they roll Fiedo out there, Joey Wentz, people are going to say, people are going to like Joey Wentz. So, you know, they have some guys now. When Paredes gets a few at-bats, these are things to look at. And they're going to be at AAA. A lot of those kids will be at AAA this year. I think it's going to be a fascinating summer. I do, too, and I agree with you on the win total. And it's how do those position players progress? And I don't forget about Jake Rogers, but it's Castro, it's Lugo, it's Candelario, it's uh, Cameron. You got Stewart and Cameron. I mean, don't forget about Daz Cameron because he had a really good spring. But I I go back to what you just said about defense because I think more than anything, Ron Gardenhire wants to see a tight defensive team 
on a daily basis. That's they right. did so much teaching last year of guys that they felt like should have had these skills coming up from the minor leagues. Just the basic for Willie Castro, how to center the ball when he's fielding it instead of fielding it off his back right leg in a split step. I mean, little things like that are not so little things. No, I think more than anything, with the pitching that's on the way, you pair that with good, sound, fundamental defense. And believe me, they will work on it until they get it done right. All the, You didn't see it last year, but believe me, the work was going on every single day trying to get these guys to the level, and he will get them to the level that he wants. But adding scope, rock solid at second base, Crone solid at first, Romine, I think, is a real plus behind the plate. If you have a good defensive shortstop, and if Jacoby Jones gets back to some semblance of where he was two years ago, you know, by the new stat cast outs above average, you and I were looking, he really graded out as average last year, not well below, which he was by defensive runs saved. That's a topic for another day. But again, you do want to be strong up the middle. There's a reason that stuck around for a long time. More than anything, will the defense get better with the young guys coming up? That's going to determine a lot of playing time. Kristen Stewart has to get better defensively, or he's not going to get the at bats that he probably or he's really needs got a to hit get. a combination right. of the two. Because and that's right. You can't have in a big left field. You can't have a well below average defender and. Whether the numbers say it or not, that's how the Tigers look at him right now. He's got to get better, and he knows that. But I think that's the biggest thing. With all this good pitching coming up, the defense has to be much better. And Gardy teaches it, and I think it will be. Well, I think it's going to help him. And the the competition thing was well thought out by them. And I think, you know, I got on their analytics department last year really a lot, or whatever they're doing, uh, because I didn't think their signings made a lot of sense analytically. A lot of high probability injuries, things like that. These guys that they've signed, uh, 28 to 30 in most cases, uh, had pretty good metric years. Uh, they can do some things defensive. I don't mean they're great defensive players, but they can do some things. They can possibly be flipped. Uh, Jordy Mercer bringing him back this year for what they're bringing him back solid. for, solid. And it creates a three way competition at right. shortstop because Nico Goodrum's been handed the job. But Willie Castro is going to be right on his heels. And Jordy Mercer is a proud player. You know, he may not think he's that good right now because he got hurt last year, but he did play well at the end of the year. He's got that baseball pride. You know, how Jim used to always talk about Ian Kinzer. You go, he's a ball player or whatever, and people wonder what that was. Well, you know, Jordy Mercer's got a little bit of that in him. You know what I'm saying? And show that he could play other positions, which right. is what his role will be if he makes his team. Yeah. And I would think he's got a very good shot to do that. And you can tell he cares about the game because a lot of guys that just take the money and run, get out of the game. He, he wants to play. A lot of guys that be done playing by now. Um, so uh, there's a lot of things that they've done. The Romine signing I like. You know, the way they're trying to balance their catchers is Griner versus uh, uh, Rodgers. You know, they're pushing that. And they've thought things out well. Uh, they have. Now, at least there's a plan. Uh, there's no guarantee it's going to you know, work, but at least there's a plan. So, you know, I look at it, it's kind of exciting to see what's coming up in spring training. I think what happened last year, you know, I think Al, you know, Court and Churchill about it, this is our darkest hour or whatever he said. <laughs> Might have been a little bit too much. You know, I don't even know if Al knew he was quoting Churchill. But um, I have to ask him about that. But I understood where he was coming from. Uh, this year, I think it's a little bit brighter outlook. I think when we had talk next year, I think we're going to have a completely different view of what this is compared to this offseason. And the Tigers, you know, I know a lot of people, well, you know, different things. 
They were a little low-key this offseason. They weren't Trump thumping their chest or whatever. But I think they actually, without thumping their chest, went to work a little bit. Yeah. I do. I really do feel that way. I I can't say I'm impressed with it or whatever. I don't, it doesn't even matter. Uh, but I, I can tell you this, somebody that's followed this and seen how they build things for a long time, it makes a lot more sense what they've done this offseason, uh, that they're maybe getting their act together a little bit more than – you know, the 47 wins last year suggests for sure. Having the veteran bats in the lineup makes a huge difference. Creating the competition that we talked about, but just helping settle some guys down right. in that lineup. Absolutely. 70% of their at-bats last year, plate appearances, went to guys with two years of experience at the major league level or less. They didn't want it. They didn't want those guys to be getting major league And they, bats, it just it started feeding on itself in a bad it way. It having those, those veteran bats helps a ton. And the guy that I'm hoping benefits the most is Jamer Candelario. Yeah, and they've created competition. Younger players versus veteran players, you know, different things. Uh, it's going to be an interesting landscape, and it's coming up here very, very soon with spring training games. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. We got open lines. What do you think? We'd love to hear from you. It's Tiger Talk. Dan Dickerson, radio play-by-play voice of the Tigers, and I'm Pat Caputo. So 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Tan Dickerson on Tigers Radio. 97 won the ticket. 248539 the phone number. Uh, we'd love to hear from you tonight. We got open lines, ticket text at 97136. And uh, we're discussing the Tigers and uh, the 2020 season. Uh, Dan Dickerson will be on the air along with uh, Jim Price on February 22nd. A week from tomorrow. You know, there's some payback. There were a couple of tough losses to the Phillies last spring, and I think there's going to be some payback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm glad it's in Lakeland. I always tell you I love the way it sounds from Lakeland, uh, the first uh, exhibition game, uh, Grapefruit League game. And uh, it's just kind of the start of, you know, where it goes, so. Uh, you know, what are the top storylines, though, or what are you looking for most in these games, Dan? It's a great question. I think we'll talk more about it next week. But, you know, to me, it's it's the competition. It's a rare spring training where opening day positions are going to be decided by how you play or how you pitch during spring training. But Ron Gardenhauer said as much when he joined us on Tigers Talk downtown in Hockey Town. And I think that's, that's unusual. But, you, of course, you're going to look forward to the Every single time that Mize and Scooble and Manning take the mound and and show us what they have, and I'm kind of curious to see Alex Fajardo too. I think he's he hasn't gotten lost in the shuffle, but he certainly is. I think been bypassed by those guys in terms of what people think about their talent. But I'd love to see Alex Fajardo have a good spring and see what the Tigers have in him. So really, it's and I'd love to see Daz Cameron, Jake Rogers. Those two guys still have a ton of promise. I'd like to see both have good springs. I know. Daz did last year and it didn't translate into anything in the season, but I still think that kid has a world of talent. So I'm just looking forward to seeing some of the competition that's taking place and some of the young guys that we haven't seen in person before, like a Tarek Skubal. You know, it's, uh, you know, one of the things that's kind of interesting about it is uh, with Daz Cameron, I was reading this and I, I apologize because I don't remember exactly who wrote it. And then I went and kind of fact checked it. Something about his father, Mike Cameron, being a bit of a late bloomer, um, you know, it could be true with Daz Cameron. We'll have to see. Because uh, his father, I don't think, got to the major leagues so he's 23 or 24. So, uh, you know, if, the way I remember it, uh, he always seemed like he was a little bit younger when he got in there. 
And his father was a 47 war player in his career, roughly the same as Curtis wow. Granderson. So he's a pretty good player. Wow. I'd forgotten he was that good. Yeah. So uh, when you look at it, uh, you know, maybe there's uh, some element of truth to it. Uh, this is from Ticket Tax 97136. A great show. I wish Dan would talk a little bit more. Uh, we only got him. We hear him once a week, and his voice sounds like summer. That's for, thanks for Mike. So what I'll do, Dan, is I'll sit back and let you talk the rest of the show just so it sounds like summer. You know. Go through the first at bat against the Phillies, how I think it might sound a week from now. Yeah, go through your spiel that you give before the start of the start of the uh, the the uh, preseason. You're talking about breakout guys. I think Willie Castro is a guy who could be. I mean, I I'm high on Jacoby Jones just because I think he. Well, he did. He made some changes in his swing after I think he had a little, uh, basically, hey, called into the office, you either start hitting or you may not be here much longer. Well, he took that to heart, did make changes, and he did finish strong. OPS, depending on which one stretch you want to look at, but last 70 games, OPS of 820. And that's a big deal because he couldn't even reach an OPS of 700. But the guy I'm really curious to see is Willie Castro. I still think this, this young man, because Ozzy Paredes, if he's coming up, will be later in the year. But Willie Castro has a chance to make this team out of spring, and I think he'll get every chance to show that he can be the shortstop. It's going to be a competition, a real competition between he and Goodrum. Oh. They want Goodrum, I think. They're going to give him the shot. But I think Willie Castro has the talent to push him, and I don't think that would be a bad thing for the Tigers if Nico Goodrum went back to being super utility. I liked him at short, but I just think Willie Castro's got a chance to be there for a long time. Well, my assessment of those two is that uh, Willie Castro is more of a high end as a hitter by a pretty wide shot. Um, Nico Goodrum is a is a very talented athlete. Um, he's multidimensional. I think he'll play reasonably well at shortstop. Um, but uh, Willie Castro has got a little bit simpler hitting approach. Uh, the problem with Nico Goodrum is, and it's the same problem that Jacoby Jones has. I've seen this over and over again just watching it. It's like a boxer uh, with a cut above his eye. And major league pitchers are like, <laughs> you know, like Ali and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. They see that and they just keep dabbing it and dabbing it and dabbing yep. it. With Nico Goodrum, it's a high fastball, particularly from right-handers. I've seen situations where multiple at-bats, They'll throw nine of these pitches high in the zone if the pitcher's able to command it there, and he'll swing and miss at nine of them. Uh, that's an issue. Jacoby Jones is traditionally, now a little bit better in a 70-game stretch last year that we were talking about when I double-checked it, um, but right-handers who throw hard, they throw you know major league average or above, similar situation. So the ability to catch up with a major league average fastball is going to determine that. If you look at Willie Castro, uh, simple hitting approach, you know, hits from both sides. He's got a very simple approach, and he's got a little bit of a live bat and really good speed. I think he's going to be more consistent with those type of pitches once he sees yes. them regularly in the major leagues, and that to me gives him more of an upside. Now, what's the value of Jones and Goodrum? Will they play in the major leagues for an extended period? I believe so as long as you don't expose them to something that they're not. I'll give you an example. Remember Ramon Santiago, how much pressure Jim Leland would get? Oh, i got to play Santiago more. He was like a fan favorite. But Leland understood that if you played him two or three weeks in a row rather than spotted him in the right spot where he'd have success, the likelihood is that it would catch up to them. That's the situation. 
Willie Castro has a better chance of flatlining on that and being able to play that, you know, five, six, seven hundred right. at bat type of things or plate appearances and be able to sustain it through a season as a hitter, potentially, than Goodrum. Then Goodrum. And yeah, and and I would say with Jacoby Jones as well. But yeah. Goodrum has value. And that's the value of signing Cameron Mabin. Now you've got Victor Reyes who can spell Jones in center. I think you're right. He probably there are certain righties he probably shouldn't face. And he might be more effective in four hundred, five hundred or 400 to 450 plate appearances versus uh, five or 600. We'll see. I mean, I like the finish that he had last year, but you're right. I think you bring up a good point. He is vulnerable, and certain righties, you might want to sit him, let Victor Reyes take his spot in center field. Reyes is fine in center field. He's not great. He's still <laughs> drives Guardy a little bit crazy with the way he charges after every ball, even if it's right. a routine catch for the left fielder. He's charging right at him and has caused some misplays, but I think he got better as the year went on. But he's fine in center field, and he had obviously a huge year in terms of improvements at the plate. Yeah. But and there's no more important position. There is no more important position defensively than center field. And if Jacoby Jones is playing a really good center field, he'll be out there most days. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And, and like I said, I always say this, you know, the, one, I'm not rooting against these guys. If they, you know, prove that assessment wrong and become, you know, solid major league regulars, I'll tip my hat right. and say but all these reasons for why you right. Are and skeptical. I'm just analyzing it how baseball people will, and perhaps how the Tigers are analyzing it. And the idea is to put these kids or guys, major leaguers, in the best position possible so that they can have success. It's kind of like in football if you got a cornerback who's real good in the slot, but you got to play him outside. You're taking him out of a zone where he can have success. Or a basketball player who can't guard a, a taller player, and you got him on a taller player, right. and it's a mismatch. You try to put him in the best position uh, where they can have that success. And I think the way they're set up and structured this year, and this is to the point you've been making, Dan, I think they're in better position to be able to do that a little bit. They certainly have a manager who can figure that out. They have enhanced analytics that can help them figure it out. And I think they, you know, they'll be improved for that reason, if nothing else. Yeah, maybe you can give Stewart a whole lot of at-bats against righties to try to get, although he hung in there well against lefties, but maybe just that certain matchup against righties early to get that bat going, get that confidence, and then make, then maybe he earns the, the everyday playing time. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Tigers pitching coach Rick Anderson. You're listening to the Tiger Talk a 97-1 The Ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. Castro wedding on a 2-2. On the way. Slider got him at the top of the strike zone. Boy, don't get that call very often on the high slider. 11th strikeout. And the Tigers have just become the fourth team in history to have a streak of seven straight games. Striking out at least 11 times in every game. There you go, man. As for a highlight, you call it a highlight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Saw the word Castro. (laughs) The good one, David. Good one. My bad. He's like, my bad. He didn't do that on purpose. (laughs) He saw 11 strikeouts. I thought that's a good game for a Tiger yeah, pitcher. Yeah, there you go. Oh, well. Whoa. Whoa. They were uh, supposed to be joined by Tigers pitching coach Rick Anderson. We're having some uh, uh, trouble contacting him. Until then, we'll just continue on uh, with the show. We had a, I think it's a terrific discussion about the season. 
and what's coming up with uh, spring training. What are you looking training. forward to in spring training? Oh, I'm looking Games forward. again start a week from Saturday. We've got one more show next right. Wednesday. But, I mean, what are the, kind of the top things on your list? Uh, the, the shortstop competition. I, I want to see how Willie Castro reacts to this. I do. That's one thing I want to see because Willie Castro is think- a way better prospect, honestly, than uh, like a lot of the ratings that I've seen of him and some of the commentary because the Tigers have kind of downplayed him a little bit, and I think it's uh, for a reason. Yep. Uh, you Alan Vila remains very excited about him. Yeah, well, there's tools there, all right? And uh, it goes to, like, what I talk about uh, when you when you're doing what I do. I used to do the rankings for a long time for Baseball America, and so I still kind of do that in a way, I suppose. You know, I come out of here and talk. Or you make notes, yeah. Yeah, and I write columns sure. about it all the time. So uh, what they say and what's real are sometimes, you know, they've got an agenda sometimes for how they're trying to develop the player. And uh, the message they're trying to get out. So the whole thing about Goodrum being starting the season at short, I think that's kind of a reward for Nico Goodrum to give him a shot. Absolutely, uh, Definitely. And I think with Willie Castro, it's a message that we're not handing this to you. you can, there's some things we want you to do. We're not handing it and to you. And I think we'll know right away. It's going to be about the defense. Yes. And I think right away you'll be able to see because it, once you look for what you're, you're – the centering the ball, gathering it up is all good defensive – infielders do before you plant and throw you'll be able to see it right away i'll bet he's worked very hard on it this winter and if he shows that he has upped his defense by a notch or two right from the get-go and you can see that in spring training there are some things that are hard to evaluate when you're facing a bunch of double a and a ball pitchers all the time but that's one thing you can see and i think that will i think it's gonna be quite a competition all the way through and the one thing i like about those two uh they're both athletic Nico you know, Goodwin played a really good shortstop. Last yeah, year. he's a good, he's a he's a terrific athlete, a hardworking ball player, and I think Willie Castro is a terrific athlete. You know, he's athletic enough to play the game. Um, they have a little bit better athletes. You mentioned Jacoby Jones, a very good athlete. Um, so in some of their situations, they have athletes out there. Uh, Cameron Mabin, who they signed, I know he's a little bit older, but he's still a very still good. Runs a- well. He's a yes. very good athlete. He always has been. So I think they're a little more athletic as a roster uh, down the line and a little bit more athletic as an organization uh, down the line, even when you look at some of their prospects. So I I like a lot of the things uh, that they're doing with this. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, The other thing I'm looking forward to in spring training, obviously the kids coming up, but also Daniel Norris. I thought that it was promising the three innings times they had him out there in those stints. I thought that that was really good. I want to see Bo Burrows. Bo Burrows, uh, a little bit more high-end than what people think, and they use him for an inning or two. What's his fastball going to register? How much zip does he have? He got rocked last year after he had that injury. Started out actually pretty well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, how does he react to that? You know, adversity. And don't give up on Burles and Funkhauser. You've made that point repeatedly. And you both got drilled it into my head. But I think, obviously, all these guys can't start. Talking about those five starters down to double A, Burles and Funkhauser still have live arms and I still think are highly thought of within the organization if they can stay healthy. And it gets back to the best relievers in the major leagues as short inning guys are former starters. And those two, one of those two, could certainly turn out to be a big piece in the bullpen this year. And it comes back to, Dan, uh, a situation where you're trying, okay, trying uh, to get uh, some, uh, I don't know, two, you, you guys can give you two innings. 
an inning. The way the game is changing, if you have a lot of depth in those spots. So that's how it works, you know, with uh, trying to get those, uh, you know, you can, Norris can start and pitch you three innings. Then you can bring in, you know, like say Bo Burrows does well or Funkhauser, bring him in for an inning. Or Fajardo, I think he's going to maybe have a niche in that role. Are they going to go to more of this? If they have a lot of pitching depth in their organization. I think they're going to get creative this year. They will get creative. You brought that with up, it. and I think, because I do think they look at Daniel Norris. I mean, the, the three innings, eight starts in a row was, to, was by design. It wasn't an opener. It was trying to get him through the end of the year without shutting him down because of innings. But they also believe that this is a kind of a max effort delivery and that he's probably not cut out to be that six, seven, eight inning guy, even though he's done that a few times. That's just what they feel over the course of a season. He's better in short stints. So how do you get creative with that? And he really did learn how to mix his pitches better last year. He was just a fastball guy before, didn't have that velocity. So he had to learn how to throw a changeup and off speed stuff really mixed his pitches much better. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Daniel Norris. Well, to me, it's not just the promising five. You know, it's about, you know, some and of those. You're talking about the guys at, at AA, yeah, you're talking... Manning, Scooble, Fado, and Wentz. Yeah, right. The five guys that are going to be their starters. It's also about somebody like Garcia. It's mm-hmm. somebody like Funkhauser. It's somebody like Bo Burrows. It's something like the Castro kid. There's some kids in, well, I don't know if there's some of them are a little bit older prospects. Uh, you're talking about Buck Farmer. You throw him in there. Joe Jimenez. You're talking about a situation with uh, pitchers uh, where you've got a lot of them. And if they all kind of click at the same time, you know, how do you adjust that? Some of them have been brought up. Most of them have been groomed as starters except for specific relievers like right. Garcia. So how do you build on that? And you, and you see teams like Tampa. And you see organizations like Oakland, who and he, the Yankees, you know, Chad Green, the former Tiger uh, prospect, has been a lot of times opening games for the Yankees. And the Yankees starters weren't very good last year. You made the point, it was a great point, that the Tiger starters actually had a higher <laughs> wins above replacement than the Yankees started. Right. But if you took their totality of their staff and how they handled it, how did they maximize the most out of that? Because they had a pretty good bullpen. And that's where the rub comes in. You know, how are they going to do this if they start to develop that? And that's where you kind of take it out of the box of like, well, we want to get a seventh inning out of our start. No, you get five innings out of a dude, and you got another guy to bring in. You're not putting him through the third time in the lineup. You do it. Like somebody like Fajardo with the makeup of everybody else that they might have in their staff, he'll present a different look for two innings, but you may not want to leave him in for five. So that's how you kind of, you know, do that. And that's you people look at what the gist of analytics are, and that's it. And just remember, they are still trying to develop those six, seven, and eight, those guys who can go six, seven, and eight innings. Yes. Even you though the trend have... industry-wide is shorter starts. But you, they still want the Scoobles, Mises, and Mannings of the world to be those guys who can go deep into games. Right. And it, but, it, but it, you know what, if you get a couple guys like that, and then, you know, which are hard to find. They really are yeah. genuinely hard to find genuine guys who do that without getting, you know, raked in the third or fourth right. inning. You know, if you're able to do that, you're going to end up, you know, uh, having a big advantage when it comes down to your third, fourth, and fifth starters. So that'll only make – and then all of a sudden you might find the Tigers really having something. I think that's where the genesis and the seed is 
where they they could possibly turn it around at some point. I think you make a good point though about what they might build in that bullpen with guys who have been, well, injuries for both Spencer Burles, Turnbull's another one. Burles and Funkhauser. I like him as a starter. I really do. But but spent, somebody's going to lose their job when all these guys start exactly. coming up. <laughs> exactly. But I still like Turnbull. And I really do. And you mentioned do. competition that creates competition. But what if they? What if these guys suddenly you you're building a pretty good bullpen with these guys who were starters and now are in the bullpen? That's what everybody else has been doing. That's been right. successful. They truly. That's what's going on. You, you look at the late inning guys at Kansas City. Had almost all of them started as starters in the minor leagues. The best relievers are almost always former starters. Yeah. But anyway, we enjoyed it. I don't know what happened with Rick Anderson, but uh, you know we apologize for that or whatever. But uh, well, hopefully sure we can get him on reason. Wednesday. Yeah, we can get him on at some point. But anyway, enjoyed it, Dan. We'll talk to you next week from Lakeland. Can't right. wait for that.